but when there is no union they're not able to do that and so when you go into your boss you're like i want to raise and they're like fuck you and you're like no fuck you and they're like you're fired <laughs> that's how that ends what up world hey welcome to another little mini episode yeah. um, that we are are tentatively titling <laughs> seize the means of production yes yeah we made a sort of pun it's it's yeah. the it is the most superior of puns to all <laughs> other puns i would say so i would say so uh, uh, and if you don't feel that way feel free to write in and rate us but if you don't yeah. like it rate us no lower than a three stars please. yeah yeah that would that'd be that'll, but that'll I, be hey, I, That'll be a good indication to let us know that, like, you're you're dissatisfied with the name, but you still love us because don't give us a one. I also thought of late stage capitalism, so you can say if you like that one better. <laughs> but yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> but and this one, as you may have guessed by the title, uh, we wanted to just do a little check in every now and then um, about the the state of um, oh, you know, economics and capitalism or the failing thereof. Um, Yes, what, and, what the, and the 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 failing thereof, I think, in in this particular thing of um, labor versus capital, uh, which mm. which is something mm. we'll probably talk about a lot. Um, yes. But as we talked about on a uh, previous podcast, one of the best ways to get us out of the particular political situation we're in right now is to, uh, I think, as I put it, rebalance uh, the power between labor and capital. Uh, <laughs> and, Sounds good, comrade. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so I stumbled across this uh, very, very interesting little graph, which um, came from. Side note: It's Tyler and John. Hey, everybody! It's Tyler. Oh, and John, yeah. In case you missed that. <laughs> We're not doing like long intros anymore, but you should know who it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm John. I'm John. Um, you may know me from such things as the Amera Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this comes from the Economic Policy Institute, uh, and it's a. It, I would, I would, uh, because this is a uh, audio medium. I would suggest you Google it. But it is a uh, a paper and a, a, a graph comes from it of worker productivity, compensation, and union union membership from 1948 to 2017, and it is uh, really starkly. Uh, shown that productivity just goes on trucking. Hourly wages totally stagnate around 1973, and the union membership drops around 1980. So it, it, it could be, we're positing, possibly, maybe, perhaps, there's some uh, a causation here, and maybe we should be thinking about that in our uh, modern political landscape. Yeah, specifically between the continuing increase in production with the hours staying the same. How does that happen? And then noticing that union uh, membership is decreasing. So what that might suggest, one might say, is that the bosses uh, are are, uh, exploiting uh, workers for their productivity. One might suggest. Indeed. So uh, and the way the way to balance that is, um, you know, there's a there's an inherent problem that happens with capital and labor so like i'm you know uh mr potter from fucking um it's a wonderful life and uh i just my constituency is me 
which means I have to talk to me about what I want about things. Now, if I'm a worker for Mr. Potter Evil Acme Incorporated organization, I have to negotiate with all the other members, plus all the other potential members of the workforce. So that means that if we don't hold together, we could be uh, used against each other to decrease wages. Um, You can also bring in other... uh, Scabs! Yeah, scabs. scabs. You can bring in people to bust um, strikes. And so there's an inherent mismatch because of basically numbers. Everything goes back to math. Uh, <laughs> that um, that that makes it very difficult for workers to uh, fight for their right to have wages that match their productivity. So the way that we traditionally have dealt with that is to form a union. So everybody gets together and then they go and they they have leadership that negotiates on equal footing with the the management. But when there is no union they're not able to do that and so when you go into your boss you're like i want to raise and they're like fuck you and you're like no fuck you and they're like you're fired that's how that ends but as i saw a meme the other day they're like hey you're fired and you're like i'm union baby so <laughs> that's how that happens now just to make a note unions can become um, impediments to progress like i think the teachers yeah. union is yeah. a, an issue and we as like democrats i think that is something that we have a blind spot for is um the teachers union should should maybe sit the fuck down in some certain aspects and we need to get education yeah and better. and and of course like anything like leaders of any organization can exploit that organization right totally. so they can take advantage of those workers and that's been shown to happen which is very unfortunate um but the concept behind unions remains strong um and you know, there's questions of like, well, why has the productivity gone up? How, how does that actually happen, right? Like, how does productivity increase if hours stay the same? And I think that there's, you know, a couple ways we can look at, that. you know, like a, if, if I was taking the most um, generous um, and perhaps positive spin on it would be um, automation. You could suggest that automation has made certain things and technology generally has made things more productive. And I'm sure that's a part of it. Um, but another thing you see, uh, you know, a lot is that um, the 40 hour work week in like a union, like I actually heard it not long ago. There is a factory not too far from me in which I can, I don't actually know anything about it other than I can hear the five minute till, uh, <laughs> bell, uh, at seven fifty-five, the 8am when they start work, the 1155 right before lunch, the 12 at lunch, and then the, uh, 425 and then the 430, which is all those markers of like, literally like you work, you stop working. You work again, and you're fucking done. And mm-hmm. that's how that works. But that doesn't work that way in a lot of work settings anymore. People work over their hours, right? You get paid still for 40 hours. And so I'm curious, I don't know enough about the study, of if they're actually measuring the amount of hours people work or the amount of hours people are billed for. Because right so in like the tech startup world, there's a lot of like working 40 hours a week, but you're actually working like It's 50, hourly 60. wages. It's hourly wages. Not okay, hours right. worked. It's hourly wages. Ah, so okay, okay, So okay. like you would... If you were making a hundred widgets in 1948 and you were paid ten dollars an hour, now you're making a thousand widgets and you're paid fifteen dollars an hour, and and, right, and right, that right, right. so, um, so your people are making uh same amount of money for more work. Correct. So ca- the basically yes, and a lot of it is technological. It's that right. um 
you know, they're a company that required 10 people now requires one person because right. that one person is so productive due to things like email and uh, right. other automated things that we don't even really think about anymore um, yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. And so that's how it becomes much more um, how the economy comes much more productive on a per capita basis. But yeah. what you would expect if unions had held strong. So, for example, like Lyft would have a union. And, and right. Uber would have a union and then they would go out and be able to negotiate hourly compensa or compensation at least that allowed them to work a 40 hour work week and also like, you know, pay their bills and send their kids to college like you would have in a union job in a factory. Right. Um, right. Now, the, the, there's also – this is where we're going to get some fun. Um, the service economy isn't actually a great place to do that because the margins are lower. But if you look at like manufacturing, uh, it you now it's just done by fucking robots, right? And whoever yeah, owns the right. robots ends up pocketing a ton of the money that would have gone to union workers prior to that. And so, you know, on top of having a having a union, uh, a nice thing would be to have a union of of the public, you know, uh, like mm -hmm. a democracy maybe yeah, yeah and right. uh for us to um have rebalancing mechanisms in our economy like a ubi yes i was going to mention ubi i mean there's so many things to, to mention in this and like we said we're trying trying to keep it short here so we're clearly not going to get into all the nuances here nor are uh either of us economics expert experts or i guess i'll only speak for myself i'm not i, I know also like <laughs> economics i'm not so sure about yeah, 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 exactly. There, yeah, yeah. It's a different podcast. <laughs> we don't need to get it. But I think what it stays to say, you know, maybe perhaps in, in conclusion here is if wages are stagnating, but productivity is going up in the economy, who is reaping the benefits of that increased productivity if it's not the workers? And I think the obvious answer there is the owning class, uh, who continues to get richer and richer and richer, and even really a quite literal handful of humans. Like, I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos could fit in the palm of my hand. And he is, uh, because he's a tiny, tiny, tiny man. He's a tiny man. Or at least he must think of himself that way. Because who else needs a penis spaceship? But the question is, right, where are these going? They're, they're going to the, the, the owning class. And um, that is uh, eventually untenable because uh, they're, they're all, as we have seen, when the top gets too heavy, what happens when things are top heavy? They fucking fall over. Um, and that is true of economics as well. There, there's a little bit of nuance here, but I think a, a, a really uh, clear way to explain what we're talking about is it used to be the United States of America that sent things to space, and now it's individual corporations. And one of the reasons why is because we've chosen a society that diverts funds away from the public and to the private. Now, that isn't necessarily bad, but the big issue with that is that we have continued to socialize risk. And so that is where you have a housing crisis where the whole country fails, but you have some people who do really, really, really well out of that. We have, or you have companies yeah, like Ford yeah, yeah. that we have to bail out. And so we um, we either need to socialize uh, both the, the the reward and the risk, or we need to privatize both. Uh, but you know that's a that, that's a whole different thing. So we're gonna have to uh, save that for a longer podcast. Hey, John, how fast does uh, Jeff Bezos' penis rocket go? Slower than than something that goes really slow. Well, I was going to say <laughs> it's slower than Godspeed. 
but but it, we can't even like invoke Godspeed around the concept of Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. and his. Let's penis try another one. Maybe we got right? another one. Um, does it go at uh, demon a, speed? Like, mm, mm. Demon, but it doesn't. I feel like speed is just like we don't even want to. You know, mm, like mm. it goes at the it goes at the speed of ego. How about that? Nice, nice. Godspeed, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you.